Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs and it is October the 30th and we're going up to about 15 to 17 degrees so it's going to be a nice day. So still time to do a little planting and I believe I have Terry Kemper still on the line with me here. Good morning Terry. Oh uh, all right he's he's on his way. Um, he assured me that. Um, anyways um, we still have a bit of stuff out in the tree lot and the weather is actually kind of perfect for planting. Going to be a great day. We had a little bit of moisture. Um, if you haven't gone up and cleaned your eave drops out, uh, I did that yesterday because uh, I have some big spruce trees that went through that shedding process. And, uh, and there was uh, my, my uh, eave troughs were full of, of needles. And then I picked up some of those, uh, Eve trough guards I'm going to install after I just gotta I'm gonna wait till spring though because there's still quite a few needles up on the on the roof and there was still a bit of snow up there so I couldn't get everything to do a really good thorough cleaning before I put the screens on but um, where you have trees and things close to the house pretty much guaranteed you're gonna have that so those kind of things you want to get fixed up before um, it all freezes up on you and then just causes all kinds of ice damming and all that other fun stuff, um, which I I had a little bit. I didn't have the ice time, but my the drain was plugged and water was oozing out when it was starting to melt. So uh, up on the roof I had to go. And uh, so my son and I, we unhooked all the drains and the spouts and knocked them out. They are actually kind of plugged. And that's the joys of finding up buying uh, – a used house. We came from a newer district to an older district, and uh, um, dryer vents and eaves troughs they will be plugged in an older house <laughs> from previous owners. So um, ensure that you get in there and uh, check those kind of things. Check all the exterior uh, of things like that, the vents and eaves troughs, and all that kind of fun stuff. Put your hoses away, unhook them, drain them. So that way, if you do need to get out and water a little bit, you're going to be able to do that. And uh, we got Terry Kemper on the line. Good morning, Terry. Hey, good morning, Merle. Good, good. You're sounding good. Yeah, not too bad. A little under the weather this week, but uh, yeah, I've rallied and recovered. So uh, yeah, not too bad. I'm just actually nice listening, just listening to you here and updating my to-do list because uh, I do live <laughs> in an older area with uh, lots of trees and. Uh, didn't even think of the downspouts yet this year. So, um, yeah, good. Yeah, good no, up. I was uh, up on the roof there yesterday, and except on the one side where there's still, I guess it would be the north side, still lots of snow. So I, I didn't dare, I didn't dare go on that side because I didn't need to go sliding down. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I was up there in my my camouflage uh, uh, Crocs, my winter Crocs, and I'm up <laughs> on the roof <laughs> in my shorts. Uh, up there with the hose, and uh, and Derek was down below unscrewing the 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 eave troughs and all that. But those are important things, and they have a lot to do with gardening because those are things that you also maybe want to trim your trees back away from the house if it's rubbing up against your eave troughs, or right inside your eave troughs because your house has got to work. You have the infrastructure of your house. Those eave troughs get, carry all the water away from your house, so you're not going to get flooded basements. You're not going to get that ice damming underneath your shingles and all that other stuff that uh when we do grow all these beautiful trees and shrubs 
that yeah. uh, other problems do come with them. So yeah, you gotta absolutely. Be deal with that. So anyways, Super important and, and easy to forget to do. So yeah. Good, good oh, no, I totally, yeah, no, I sort of looked up, I thought, oh, I don't have any big trees, I just have spruce trees that shouldn't be bad, then I didn't realize I get up there, it was <laughs> just full of needles and just plugged solid, so, and uh, and just had to, like I said, even had to take the eave troughs right off the house and, and shake out, they were, they were just plugged right up, sort of just Oh, like, wow, yeah, so. Yeah, so, anyways, uh, the joys of, uh, of uh, getting an older house, but I wouldn't trade it, those are little things uh, that you need to do, and and uh part of the part of the deal um so we still got still time for planting and we haven't had that real cold weather terry um yeah for sure still time i uh even though i was down and out i I did manage one day this this past week here to get outside and i had a few bulbs i still hadn't planted so uh i got those in the ground um that was uh i was a little bit worried when i saw that snow last week but um no, the ground's still not frozen yet um, in most areas. So, uh, yeah, real real good time to, to do that last-minute planting if you've had something that you've, you know, maybe drug home and had on the deck or something like that. I'm like, oh, I'll just sink that in the ground uh, yeah. for the winter. Now's a good time to do that still. Yeah, and if you're still looking, our, our sale's still on. This will probably be the last weekend. I think we're going to pack everything up this week. Yeah, this will um, be our, our, uh, our organization week uh to get everything ready for winter so um but yeah still as of today still fully shoppable out there so yeah no we still have a decent selection you have a few trees few apple trees few uh ornamental crabs few little few larger trees yeah um, we, just we, did, have... uh, we just did inventory uh last week here and uh there's some really great stuff out there still um okay so anyone that's looking for some deals still and get something in the ground before uh, before hard freeze, um, now's the time to do it for sure. Yeah, and we have the buy more, save more. So if you buy five or more, you're getting fifty percent off everything, and you can mix and match your your shrubs and your trees. So it's a it's a good deal that way. Yeah, and, and uh, uh, two with our bulbs, um, buy one get one uh, free right now. So um, yeah, that uh, be nice to see those find a home for the winter. So that's a really good deal right now as well. Somebody wanting to sink some bulbs in the ground this is kind of your last chance this coming week yeah. i would say um to, to get that done so absolutely yeah i know it looks like it's going to get a little bit cold this week's not bad but then the following week and then we kind of looked at we head into the deep freeze a little bit nothing crazy but uh, typical november again to the minus 10s and stuff like that so you yeah. want to get all your work done but i have one of those um hose rollers holds real so I, I took it totally apart, too. I unhooked the hose from inside, drained it all. Because if you leave those hooked up with all the water in them, they're just going to freeze and, and expand and break all the piping. And then when you go to hook it up next spring, you're going to say, why does this cheap thing leak all over the place? <laughs> <laughs> and water spraying everywhere. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So you know what you can use? And actually, Brad had a good idea, and, and this is uh, – We'll have to mark this up. This this doesn't always happen. I'm just kidding, Brad. No, <laughs> he had a good idea. Um, you know, like I, I just I blew out the trailer that we have down at the campground down at Spruce and yep. did the winterizing on that. But if we have the garden hose and you hook it onto the end of your hose, you could also just hook it up. If you have a compressor at your house, you just hook it up and you can blow out your hoses. So when we fill our tanks from our well in the winter, we're just going to hook it up to the compressor 
blow the hose out, then we don't have to roll them up every day up from from down below. So, anyways, yeah. if, you, if you have little things like that around your house, you want to blow out your system, or if you have some stuff, you can get those little adapters at Princess Auto or or Canadian Tire, place like that. You can get the little hose adapter that hooks to the end of your compressor hose, and then you can uh, blow all your air through that and winterize your pipes and uh, and your and hoses your or yeah. And your attachments, if you have those hose reels, things like that, because water gets hooked in those things where they go up and down, right? And unless you could tip it upside down um, to get it out, and that water sits in there, and it's just gonna, and it, it will expand and crack oh, the pipe. So it definitely will, yeah, for sure. Anyways, I still wish I, I I still have my hose, and this is a hose I had since I was 18 years old. I got it, uh, Sunny said we used to have these hoses. And even back then, it was a hundred foot hose. It, back then, it was a hundred bucks, and they're expensive. But like I'm fifty five, so that hose has traveled with me from all the hoses I've moved around, and it still rolls up perfect. I wish I could find it. Like it's it's an awesome hose. It's just it's it's a uh, black rubber, but it doesn't get the doesn't make your hand black or anything like that. It's just such a it's a great hose, and I sure wish I could find those today. Um, like I said, I've had it for for over thirty years, whatever, and it's just uh, it's phenomenal. Anyways, always it, it's, it makes me happy when I roll it up again in the winter yeah. time, and and it rolls up <laughs> nice in a perfect circle. I'm just like, like an old friend, right? In the garden, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. Those 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 little things, right? Yeah. Anyways, anyways, um, we do have a uh, Myrna Pierman's going to join us today. She is from Chinridge. Uh, bird seed they're gonna we're gonna chat about what we can do for our birds going into winter and she's okay. gonna come on at 9 35 um so we'll chat with her a bit and if anybody else wants to join us in between then and now we can we can also take your calls 403-974-8255 and uh dwight who dropped off the pumpkin Oh, excuse me. He uh, sent us a little happy Halloween uh, text. So happy Halloween to everybody. Um, make sure you put your lights on, clear your sidewalks and all that for the kids. And if we get any snow or anything, make sure you're you're all ready to go for them. And and uh, it's supposed to be a decent day. So uh, kids will be out having some fun. And it's nice that we're, we're over all the stuff for the last couple of years so they can get out again and... Uh, enjoy themselves you see the text Terry he sent in he cuts his peppers back and I wasn't too sure how that would go but he says he has good luck he does that with his really hot peppers so he cuts them back at this time of year um, and then lets them regrow and uh, he says it works really well for him gives him a head start rather than starting over well and that's a really drastic cutback too isn't it like there's yeah yeah so that's sort of what I do with my geraniums when we used to do that We'd cut, give them a good hard cut back, let all the new growth come back, remove all the really old deadwood and the old branches, and then let them uh, reflush out with new leaves and uh, and attend. But and then uh, at this time of year too, if you have any, if you're getting into the winter at this time of year, if you do want to grow some herbs and peppers, um, a grow light is great, and just make sure that it's full spectrum. I know we carry the the tubes and the bulbs that you can screw into your <coughs> excuse me regular household uh, socket, and it'll give you that full spectrum light. 
that you need. And uh, so, do you use any lights, Terry? I don't. And interestingly enough, like um, I remember speaking to Jen um, months ago, and she was a big proponent of lights. Um, and uh, that one of the hazards of working at a garden center is um, even if you don't want to, these house plants seem to follow you home. So I've yeah, never I, been. A, I've, I've, I've heard that. Yeah, I've <laughs> never. I've never been a big houseplant guy, but um, I'm kind of upping my houseplant game um, more and more all the time. So I think I'm definitely going to look at investing in, in some lights because um, I just remember in my conversations with Jen that uh, they just make such such a big difference. Um, uh, well, it does. The, in, the, yeah. in those shorter days and stuff that we're heading into, it, it makes a big difference. And it's actually really good for yourself as well, like in those um, people have that seasonal disorder where they don't have light. It gives you that full spectrum light, so it's actually really good for for yourself as well. And uh, and anyways, Terry, we're going to take a quick break, and when we return, Terry and I'll take your calls four zero three nine seven four eight two five five. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on seven seventy CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening, and Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up Coverage Year Round Full Service Garden Center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. All right, Terry, and we're going to go to the phone lines. We're going to go to Wendy. Good morning, Wendy. Hey, good morning, Merle. It's it's Wendy. How are you? How are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. Good, good. I was, I'm, you know what? I think I've got my answer, but I wanted to call you anyway. I I was Googling this last night. I have, it's a Christmas cactus. I know people call in all yep. the time about their Christmas cactus. Yeah. And I've had mine for years it, it was my mom's and and over time and i think what i'm doing here merle is i'm letting it maybe dry out too much before i water it but i'm so mm-hmm. afraid of the fungus gnat thing too so um because what's happening or what has happened and what's happening again is all these various stalks you know coming out of the pot would go soft and mushy at the base of it coming out of the soil yeah. and yeah, and so this happened This happened quite some time ago, and they broke off, and it's like, oh, my God. And now I've got another one doing the same thing. So I'm So that's typically still too much water. Like, usually... Like too much? <laughs> yeah, like, okay. the main thing is if you... Are you letting it dry out in between, like... Yeah, like, and I'm thinking maybe I'm letting it dry out too much. Cause how much, how often? Little, um, Probably every once a month. I water it. Oh, really? That should be, yeah, that should be totally fine. I would yeah. check your soil. It might be planted too deep as well um, if it's rotting. Um, yeah, Because they have really, they have shallow roots, right? So right. You maybe have it buried too deep. So maybe what I would do is. Years, so, okay. Um, yeah, that could be, though. They could have maybe just put it. So what I would do is pop it out of this pot, like just okay. put it onto the counter. And okay. I put a, a newspaper or some sort and, and just break apart all the soil around the top and kind of see where the crown is. And then just repot it and let the crown just sit right at the very top of the soil. So it doesn't, like, not too deep, like you say. That's right. Yeah, that's my like one thought. An... Okay. Because yeah. Cause they usually never thought... rot. Like, they never usually yeah. do that unless they're either buried, like, too deep or they kind of rot and they can't breathe or they're just... Oh. Um, too wet and there's drainage okay. holes 
Yeah, yeah. Like I totally yeah. watch it. Once a month is and... totally yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, once a month is definitely not overwatered. The only other thing is if the soil's too heavy and it's probably buried too deep is my thought. So maybe pop it out, like I said, this gently rub the roots, remove all the soil, just find the nice crown again. And right. uh and then at that point, um, just re transplant it and make sure you just have a really good, nice light soil. And mm. and then and then let it sit in there for a few days before you water it, and then uh, give it a shot of water in uh, in like three or four days. Let all the roots heal up nicely, and uh, and then you should be good. Well, there's a, there's another stalk in there that's actually really good. It's actually got little blooms coming. <laughs> oh, nice. Even the one that's gone mushy had little blooms, just little the little beginnings of them coming. Yeah, is it kind of going purpley or is it just just mushy? Where it's going mushy is right near the soil. Like I could probably yeah. twist the one stalk just break that's it probably off. it's probably too deep, that's why I think. So that's what I would do is pop it out of this pop the pot out. The just gently thing. rub all around. Yep. And just just break out the soil all the way around. Yeah. And then and then just transplant it back into the same pot if you want, and then okay, just make sure you have nice okay. loose soil, and then just yeah. just have the crown just right at the top. Okay, because the soil I've used is, is the regular potting soil I get from yeah. you guys, so it's yeah. And I add the perlite to it too. I think I yeah, add that's and perfect. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay, because what I was reading last night online is sometimes it could mean. That you're underwatering, you're sometimes underwatering or overwatering. It kind of gets yeah. If you're underwater, they typically go. Um, they'll change sort of a purpley, um, and they sort of shrivel up more in the outer branches first and work their okay. way down. Just like most plants, like they'll shut down from the top down. They'll okay. start defoliating from their tips and work their right. way down. So you'll see a lot of plants will. Like a tree outside, yeah. like a poplars and stuff. Like that. They'll defoliate birch from the top and kind of work their yeah. way down because that's right. the furthest spot to send the water to. Right, so. right. That makes sense. All right, Merle. Okay, thank right. you. Okay. Happy Halloween. Good... Yeah, you too. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye. All right, thanks, Wendy. Mm -hmm. Bye-bye. All right. Hey, Terry, any thoughts on that like kind of thing? Like I know you're getting into the house plants, and that's probably one of the most common things we get is watering, watering and those yeah. fungus gnats. Yeah, I was thinking through what she was saying there, and I was going to ask, uh, actually ask you uh, your thoughts on, do you think the type of pot um, would influence uh, as well, like say a plastic or a glazed interior pot that's going to hold the moisture versus sort of a raw terracotta um, Absolutely, it, that would wick moisture out and and help help with that. Absolutely, that does make a difference. I, I I really like the clay pots as much as possible, or clay or or the terracotta, like you're saying, especially for a lot of the succulents and and cacti and things like that. Um, but a good, but they're grown in plastic all the time, and lungs are using good soil. Right. and the proper drainage and, and let them dry in between waterings, um, plastic isn't going to hold it in anymore or anything. Like, um, so I, I don't think that would be a problem. Anyways, we got to take a break. Um, when we get back, uh, Myrna Pierman is going to be on here, and, uh, and then Terry will join us back after we're done chatting about birds. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR.
Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I do have one quick call they'll do, and then I'll pull Myrna up on the line, and we'll chat birds. Good morning, Jalise. Good morning. Hi. Hi. How can I help you? Um, I have a couple of questions. Um, I, I live in Kelowna, but whenever I go to Calgary, I come to your store. I was just there. I nice. Yeah. Thank you. Um, and... I'm trying to I'm trying to overwinter some annual salvias in my garage. I I did it last year as well, and sometimes some of them just kind of it's almost like they they just got a mold yes. and they were done. So how can I yeah. have more success this year? Well, you can cut them back a bit, and then a product called Pure Spray Green, um, and if you spray them sort of every couple of weeks with that for powdery mildew. They need the airflow in the winter time because they kind of with the with the lower light. And what type of salvia are you doing? Like the oh, St. John's, like the red ones, or? <laughs> I might be yeah. able to find out before we're finished. Talking. Yeah, so just cut them down too. Like you can take about thirty percent off the top, and then okay. transplant them into new pots as well. That that helps a lot. Uh-huh. Um, just gives them that fresh soil. Just make sure you don't water them too much, and they should be fine. And just give them lots of light, and you're good to go. Wait a minute. Give them lots of light. I thought they didn't need a lot of light since they're going into dormancy. Yeah, the, I just find um, with the salvia, it depends if, like, if you're going to get that mildew and stuff as well then right so you sort of try and combat both you can keep them sort of more like a house plant and then you can have a bigger bigger plant in the in the spring or you can try and just let them sit in a dark sort of cool corner and then just let them sit there and really you don't water them or do anything that's more like with a geranium okay. i haven't heard many people doing it with salvia as much though so that's I would I would probably try to keep it going more like a house plan. I'd cut it back and I, let it I grow. I won't be able to do that. It's the only place I have uh, for it would be in the in the garage, and it's fairly dark, but it is cool. And it, yeah. I did have a little bit of success last year. Um, yeah. I just it was kind of hit and miss. So I know yeah, I can so, do it. So, so just try and use, uh, I would just use a fungicide then. You can probably go to a, you could get a copper spray or something like that. Okay. And and then just give them a light misting before you put them in there. And, uh, but hardly give water that a, them? Like just barely water Yeah, them. hardly. Absolutely. Very little. Nothing. Like. Okay. All right. Um, my other question was, um, if I may, um, I had some raspberries in pots, and the first year they did pretty well. Uh, I had both ever-bearing and summer-bearing, yep. and uh, the second year it was, they just kind of crisped up and died, and I... Yeah, I they probably just people. got dried out with no soil left, um, so they should be in the ground too, like they need to go through that dormant period. Yeah, I can't. I yeah, can't. so... So some of that stuff is hard unless you get a really big planter, like where they can kind of go dormant, because otherwise there's nothing left for them. And then if they get dried out, they'll just, just they'll just desiccate like that. So is, is it like once you let them dry out, uh, they're sort of done? You can't revive them because I mean, yeah, 
but then I, I was watering as much as I could when we got home from holidays. Yeah, you can you can try to revive them. Um, I would cut some of the foliage off the top and see because the root in that still might be good. But typically, if there's nothing left in the soil and they've been out, and probably with the warm summer that you guys had in Kelowna as well, yeah. it's uh, they probably got pretty desiccated. So okay. there's no root system in the raspberry, like very little. So uh -huh. all right. Uh -huh. All right. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate this. This is my first time calling, so thanks for making it. I appreciate it. it. Okay. Thank you so much. Take Bye. care. Bye-bye. All right. All right. Now we're going to go. We're going to chat some birds. We're going to go to Myrna. Good morning, Myrna. Morning, Merle. How are you today? Good, good. How are you doing? Well, I have been enjoying this fabulous fall weather. Isn't it gorgeous? Like yeah. it's, yeah. I, I Other than being question. too dry. Yeah. Very dry. So, and uh, and Myrna usually comes on three or four times throughout the season, helps us with our bird questions and, and advice on our on our fine feathered friends. We had a whack of birds for a while, like just before, like <coughs> near the end of September, seemed to have a ton of birds at, in, our, in our spruce trees, and then all of a sudden they just seemed to disappear. Like we had tons of the little finches and and chickadees and all that. And now they just seem to disappear. Is that somewhat normal or? Uh, yes. And the birds are basically at this time of year setting up their winter territories. So they will okay. fly around. They'll have their little skirmishes and they'll decide who gets to go where for the winter. So, yeah, it's normal to have their numbers fluctuate. Okay. So as we head into into winter, and we're and we're still have a couple nice days here where we have some time to maybe get out and and set up a couple bird stations or something. What what do you what do you recommend for for someone just want to get started or or if they're already going? What should we be doing at this time of year? Yes, so it is important to know that the birds are setting up their territories, like I mentioned. So it is we need to accept the fact that the birds don't become addicted to our bird feeding stations. So you can feed inter intermittently or you can stop in the middle of the winter and the birds all, aren't all going to die. But they will, as they're setting up these winter territories, decide to include your yard if you have bird feeding stations set up. Okay, So you have a better chance of the, having the birds come in in the winter if you have the station set up. So I would say okay. to get started get sunflower seeds so either you know the black oil or shelled sunflower seeds especially chips chips are the number one bird seed just everybody yeah we go through a, chips. yeah we we sell so much that it's just because it's nice and neat and tidy you don't get the mess and they eat every last kernel like there's yeah. nothing left and, so right and if stuff drops to the ground, then the ground feeders will come down and feed on it. So it is really an efficient way. I'm just watching probably 14 chickadees here right outside my window. And so oh, wow. that is a great way to get started. Just and serve them in uh, tube feeders or small hopper feeders. Yep. And that's a great way to get started. The other thing that you can do is to put out suet. So the easiest thing is to just get the little suet cakes. I am also watching a downy woodpecker eating on the suet cake outside my window here. So suet cakes, you can get raw suet, you can render it and mix it with peanut butter, but the easiest really is to buy the cakes and just put them in the little dispensers and hang them yep. up. So you've got everything covered. You've got the insect eaters and you've got the seed eaters covered by putting out 
the sunflower seeds and the, the suet cakes. Now, there are other things that you can offer, of course, like peanuts. Blue Jays love to come in for peanuts. Yeah, so, we had a lot of Blue Jays this fall, like up in the spruce trees, like quite a few Blue Jays, so which is kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, they've really increased the number in your area. So again, they're setting up their winter territories, and they're very vocal. And I don't know, Blue Jays have amazing sight because I'll walk out, I won't see a Blue Jay for three days, I'll come home, put out a few peanuts, and boom, the Blue Jays are here. So they really, really are obsessed with peanuts. And of course, they're storing them now. So they'll eat some, and then they'll store mostly under leaves on the ground. Yeah. And then they have amazing memories, and they'll come back and find the food later. Okay, and we got a we got a quick text here, Myrna. It says, "How can I keep the magpies out of my bird feeder? They eat my suet in one day." Yeah. Okay, so I have the answer. There's still I'm a happy bird. To say. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and you can make it at home. I don't know that. So the ideal thing is an exclusion feeder. So basically, you want the food inside a structure where the magpies can't reach in. So you can buy exclusion feeders that have like a big mesh around the outside. So the this the suet is in the middle but you can make something easily at home it might not look so pretty but absolutely guaranteed to work take okay. an old bicycle rim or a huge um bowl like a really big bowl at least a foot across yeah and then all you do is hang wire at eight inch spaces around the the bottom of it so hang it upside down put the wire now you can take old wire uh, coat hangers just stretch them out hang them or you could even take electrical wire and you just have to weight them like with a nut at the bottom. Yeah. Hang that and then the magpies are not able to fly in. The woodpeckers, the chickadees have no problem coming in from the bottom, but the magpies will hit their wings against this and it will prevent them from getting on your suet. So an exclusion feeder, so you can use stucco wire if you want to make something at home around the outside or just hang this, these wires around the outside. From a bowl, that's what I use. It's a great big bowl. Okay. And it really uh, does work. Cool. All right. And one more question on birds. How did Whiskey Jacks get their name? Uh, actually, <laughs> yeah. So it's got nothing to do with whiskey. It has everything okay. to do with the native name. And I don't remember the exact word that they used, but it was. it sounded like Whiskey Jack. And so oh, okay. it's nothing to do with alcohol. It is everything to do with the the anglicization of a native name for the bird. Okay, so it wasn't just Jack sitting out on his uh, old winter cabin with his whiskey, and the and the little bird came and yes, drank it, it, and he called him Whiskey Jacks. No? Yes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That'd be, that would be a good story, though. Yeah, it would be a good story, but that's not the truth. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, and always the the question on water. Yeah. And especially in these dry years, uh, like heated bird baths, good, bad, um, and, and, or how, how can we water, um, provide water for our birds? Right. Very important, especially during this very dry fall. There's no harm in offering water year-round. Now, in the winter, when we get snow, the birds can eat snow, but they will drink water if they can find it. It takes a lot less energy to just take a sip of water than it does to take a bite of snow and then of course they have to expend energy to melt that snow in their body and so water is a great idea so you can get a heated bird bath you can get a dog watering bowl put a rock in the middle 
If you're worried about the birds bathing when it gets really cold, our native species typically never go in the water when it's too cold. House sparrows and European starlings, which are both introduced species, have sometimes been observed bathing when it's freezing cold and then they'll fly off and freeze to a metal fence or just die of hypothermia. So then if you're worried about that, just have very shallow water, put a, several rocks in, or just put a mesh over top. So then the oh, birds okay. can just dip in and have a sip, but they can't actually get into bathe. Okay, last year, a couple important. of... Yeah, a couple of years ago, I had a uh, one of those gurgler rocks, you know, where the water comes out of the top, and I left it going almost all winter until it got like minus forty, and I was away for a bit, so it ended up freezing up on me. But oh. I kept that going all winter, and I was amazed at the birds because it would create like a little iceberg on top, and they'd sit there and they just drink the water off the this gurgler all winter long. So oh, yeah, I'm, so I'm going to be really setting up another attracted. one. Yeah, great. So I highly recommend getting water out. You can get these heated bird baths. They're inexpensive to run. Yeah. And yeah, not only are they great for the birds for, as a source of water, but it, they're wonderful to watch. I just love watching birds when they bathe and drink. And I probably had my best season ever with um, hummingbirds. Oh, great. Yeah. Um, we use this plant that we sell at the store. It's called Vermilionaire. Uh-huh. And, and canna lilies. And then a couple of the different yellow petunias, like the smaller, like, like Calabacola type petunia. Okay. And honestly, I, I I sat in the backyard and probably most nights, and started a little bit later this year, um, but I bet you I probably, um, every hour I'd see six or more. Like, it wow. was just, yeah, and usually yeah. just more in the evening than throughout the day. We could hear them buzzing, like it was just... Yeah, yeah, like, there's nothing I, more beautiful. And I'm really happy to hear you say that you plant plantings because, of course, we can put out the sugar water, one to four mixture, but that's still sugar. That's just pure sugar. No, and, and, so and my plants neighbor... are very important. Yeah, my neighbor had the bird feeders, and he goes, how do you get all these hummingbirds? I said, well, it's my plants. He goes, I have hummingbird feeders all in my yard. He doesn't get one, but they prefer the flowers. Like, yeah. Well, so and my it's yard more nutritious, was... and they, yeah. they, not, they don't just eat... Uh, take nectar they will take the small insects that are attracted to those plants so they're insectivorous birds as well and so it's really great to hear that you put out the plants because they will attract the small insects which the hummingbirds eat on so very and they would also they would also drink water from uh, obviously they weren't there in the winter time but in the summer they would land or just hover right above that bubbler rock yeah. And they drink off that. So, oh, wow. anyways, it was pretty cool, yeah, and it great. was it was uh, something I, I something I really enjoyed, and uh, and uh, it was lots of fun just seeing it. Mm -hmm. um, I'm just going to take a quick break, Myrna, and then we come back. Um, we'll we'll just do one more quick segment on uh, what people else could do to create some shelter and whatnot. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs and just chatting with Merle. I mean, uh, Myrna, 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 <laughs> too many M's in my mouth right now. Myrna Perman, um, and you're with Chinridge Seeds, correct? Yes, I am the resident naturalist for Chinridge Seeds. Awesome. Okay, um, so what else can we do for winter time? Like, we're just getting ready. It's been quite nice. Um, what, what other thing, can, things do you recommend that we do in our yard maybe to create some habitat for the birds? 
Yeah, so it's important to provide, so as you mentioned, habitat. So habitat just means space within which creatures can find food, water, and shelter. So we've kind of covered the food and the water. Shelter is important, and one of the best plant types of plantings, of course, are the coniferous trees. So juniper, cedars, any types of coniferous trees, they yeah. provide great shelter on cold winter days. So if you've got some of those in your yard, then that's a great thing. Um, leaving some leaves in the corner of your yard is important too because that will attract lots of insects which some of these birds can feed on and you will notice on a cold winter's day the little chickadees and the other winter birds will come down low so if you have shrubbery that's another great way to provide shelter from the, the harsh winds so on a beautiful day they'll feed high on a cold day they'll drop down so leaving underbrush leaving you could even make a little brush pile you could just pile up brush and lots of people do that in their yard you could even go so far as to haul in an old dead snag and you could prop that up in your yard because yeah. at night the little chickadees will often go in and seek shelter in these these roosts they'll roost together in a cavity so that's an idea um yeah other than that just if you can look around your yard and see where you can maximize the, the shelter and that's basically from predators so they can find a place to hide or shelter from the wind the wind is what's really tough for the birds in the winter okay um and just to clarify would someone ask what do you mean by chips so these aren't pringles that we're feeding them um what do, what do we mean by sunflower chips yes so um Chips are simply, they shell the sunflower seeds and then they take the nut meat and they further break it down. So it's just been, they're in small chips. So it's the nut meat of the sunflower that has been chipped. <laughs> and so it's, they're very small pieces. Lots of birds can access them. And like we talked earlier, there's no mess. It's just an ideal way, a very efficient way to feed the birds. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you, Myrna. We're going to... Uh... Um, later on into January, we'll, we'll do a full segment to uh, have sure. you on for when we're a little bit finished about more with the gardening season. But we'll hit again uh, and and definitely do a couple of full segments throughout the winter. I know uh, it's always a popular topic, so we'll do that again. Thank you so much for your Great. time today on yeah. Sunday. And you can get all the chinred seeds down at Spruce It Up as well. Awesome. Perfect. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Bye-bye. All right. We need to take a break. You're listening to... Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. And I do have a couple of questions just asking what type of plants I was using. And we will have the mixes at Spruce It Up um, in the spring. And actually, I think we'll put them on. And you can find them on some of our social media but I will have it on our website as well, the Hummingbird Mix. Um, what it is, it's a plant called the Vermilionaire. It has these little orange orange flowers, and they love that plant. Um, cigar plant is another nickname for it. Also, they love the orange and the yellow canna lilies, and, and uh, they, they just go after them like crazy. And then any of the smaller yellow flowers, I find like the calabacoa, the the million bells, ones like that, but the bright yellow ones, they seem to really like that a lot. 
and they go after those. And I do, I have another Terry on the line. I'm going to go there. Good morning, Terry. If he's still there. Yes, I am, Merle. Hey, Terry, me? how can I help you? Oh, yeah, how can I help you? Um, I got a uh, question with potatoes. We're having a real problem out here. Uh, I don't know. It just seems to be the, the one type of potato, and I don't know what kind it is, Merle, but when you get them out of the ground, some of them have scabs on them. You take the scabs off and you put them into boil, and yeah. right as soon as they're boiled, they turn into nothing but mush, worse than pablum. Uh, Do you know what's yeah, going on? Yeah, Usually, if there's two, um, it's usually a sign of dehydration. Um, like, really, did you run them really dry? Well, you some think, places or? they're they're uh, in. They got lots of water, and other yeah. places uh, they are a little bit dry. Yes. Do you find maybe if that's where the mushy ones were, you able to keep track of where they came from, what part of the garden? Because typically, if they're well, running really. dry. Okay. Yeah, with the dry ones, when they dehydrate like that, they tend to just go to mush when you boil them. Like they kind of, there's nothing left inside. So they're really porous. So they kind of almost like soak up the, the water when you put them in. They like a sponge, but they just kind of fall apart. Oh, yeah. 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 So not great to eat, not though. Getting enough water. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All righty. You betcha. Well, thank you so much, Merle. And uh, All right, things thanks, are great out here close to the Bearberry Greenhouse. That's awesome. Yep. And hopefully right. you guys uh, get a good winter cover and not too cold and uh, enjoy. We shall. Happy Halloween. Take care. You as well. Bye. All right. I got to take a break for the news. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and Terry Kemper is back with me. Welcome back, Terry. Did you learn anything about our fine feathered friends, or what? Yeah, absolutely, I did. I um, nice. I started feed, feeding those guys in my own yard a couple of years ago, and uh, yeah, it's just a kind of a journey. Um, every year, you know, I kind of add another feeder and. Um, you know, just sort of expand what I'm doing. Actually, um, the interesting thing I found just listening to her now was uh, that um, it's okay to sort of let that feeder um, um, run dry for for yeah. a period, um, just so they don't get completely reliant um, on on that. You know, as a food source for them. So, um, yeah. Just, just like your teenage kids, you can let them uh... exactly go to, <laughs> go to the fridge and there's nothing there, right? So they go to the neighbor's house. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, no, it's good to know you don't have to keep it, and they won't starve. Like they kind of they'll they'll wander off to the next yard or wherever they need to go, um, because that is always a worry, right? You don't want to become dependent on you, so. Um, but you want to add to them where you can, and a good quality food, and that's what's nice about. Um, the chin ridge varieties and and it's all they don't use a bunch of filler in that it seems a bit more expensive when you look at the bags but you're not full like the other bags if you emptied out all the good stuff there's probably not even nearly as much good stuff in in those bags because this is all good stuff it's not filled with a bunch of millet and all the other things yeah, that just end sure. up on the ground and and, that, uh, and just 
turn into in, into weeds in your garden. Oh, that was definitely a hard lesson learned for me because the first year I, I fed them, um, I cheaped out and I bought um, cheap food. And uh, I tell you, I just spent the entire next summer um, weeding that entire area around that feeder. And every time I weeded it, like I'd come back a week later and it was right back to where it was. So the nice thing about the chips is that, yeah, no mess. Um, and whatever does fall on the ground, um, they can eat off the ground or it just works into the soil. So don't Perfect. buy cheap bird seed. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, because that ends up being a deterrent for feeding them as well, right? Because you end up with a bunch of weeds and stuff oh. underneath your feeder and then you're just frustrated so you say ah i'm not going to feed them anymore so yeah i think it's, um, is it is it millet that is in that um that cheaper yeah and there's a few other stuff yeah a bunch of just filler stuff that they they fill the bag to make it look like you're getting a 50 pound bag of something <laughs> but yeah <laughs> which which isn't good for birds or yourself you know when you no for when sure you, when you eat when you eat you get the big jumbo bag of something and it's all filled with all the Instead of just having the good uh, meat and veggie or something, yeah, all the other yeah. stuff. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, let's uh, let's bring Kim up on the line. Good morning, Kim. Hey, good morning to you, Merle. How are you today? Well, it, my feet are a little chilly, but you know, I, I'm looking at some blue sky and looking at lots of the great cloud, and I'm going to be an optimist and say it's going to be a beautiful day. <laughs> It's supposed to be a beautiful day. It's supposed to go up to 17, I think, close to that today. So, well, um, we go let's... from from bathing suit weather to snow suit weather all in a period of a week. Welcome to Alberta. <laughs> no, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Later on next week, a week today, um, we we get down to minus 16, a high of minus eight. Yeah. So yeah, uh, I know. I got my guy next to... few days to get my because i made a haul on some perennials um last week on my drive home from the hospital so it's like no can we stop it because they put stuff marked down and so anyhow yeah. so i i've got everything kind of split in so it's not root bound when i plant it so anyhow i have a i a deep question for you you know I, I go on the internet and i watch all these shows and they're zone five and zone seven yep. and they're they do a thing called winter planting or fall planting and of course our our climate zone doesn't allow for that but i thought i heard on your show oh you we, can definitely do it you can sow can your, do... your seeds like spinach things like that yes um, and kale I, and yes i know those absolutely. are cool hardy but I heard, I thought it was on your show that you can do winter winter potato planting, uh, and I'm going no, we have freezing thaw and be like mush. Can you do yeah, that? I don't think I would do potatoes myself. Um, a lot of the stuff that you can do, like for for flowers, like asters. Cosmos, Foxglove, Nicotina, yeah, Pansies, Sweet Peas if you wanted to, some Zinnias. Um, and then you get into the veggies. I'm just sort of reading some. I, I, I can't see sticking the potato in there. I, I agree with you. I think it'll just turn to mush. Yeah. Um, but definitely the spinach, peas, some of the garlic. lettuces you can do. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah, dill. Exactly. Yeah, your garlic. Absolutely. Well, so, and Terry, just, what about you? Have you heard any potatoes? Have you? Would you try that in the fall? Not potatoes, no. Like some of those 
Um, other ones you mentioned earlier, the spinaches and the kales. And I've even, um, it's been a long time since I have, but um, experimented a little bit a number of years ago with cold frame and actually got uh, an early start um, in the spring, um, but not didn't carry it through the winter. So I okay. you know, started things and was harvesting um, in May where I would have been starting to plant in May. So it got me into the garden a couple months sooner. Yeah, we just frame. did our we just did our spring booking, and actually, I had I added a bunch of those um, hoop houses, those little mini. They look like croquet set hoops, <laughs> yeah. and uh, but they come with a little um, poly cover, and what it does is heats up the soil really nice as well, and it gives you that extra three or four weeks start head start. So, um, great way to do it. Okay. Okay. Well, you basically answered my question. When can I ask one more other question? Sure. Um, I I have you have been my my walkthrough person, and I've, I have a forty foot hedge of lilac around my deck, and so I have taken down the front ones to ground level, and they came back like with a vengeance, and they're up about six feet. I've even yeah. had to trim them down so I can see over the deck. And so I have the west side to do. Now, I know if I trim anything down now, I'm going to risk losing the blooms for next year. But that's okay. This is a work in progress. So can I still take them down to like six inches above ground now? You can, but I, I typically would still wait. If you If you don't have to do it right now, I would do it in the spring. Because okay. what you do is, if you do it now, you're going to open up those wounds, and okay. then you, you always have a chance of getting more winter kill going down into the root. Okay. Um, so if you wait till spring, plus all the, a lot of the lilacs, I've still noticed lots of aspen lilacs still have full leaf as yeah. well. Yeah. And so they're still downloading that moisture and that nutrients down into the into the root system. And, and so you want so all that down water. there. Yeah. So yeah. and that's why and then but you want all that down in the root system. So when you do do that rejuvenation pruning, um all that energy is down in the ground. So when it starts going back up, all that energy goes into brand new growth and okay. uh and then you're much better off, okay? Okay. Okay, great. Thank you so much and thank you so much for your wonderful show. <laughs> no, love doing it. Thanks, Kim. Take care. Okay. Have a good bye -bye. one. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You too. Bye-bye. Yeah, we're heading into Halloween, and we still have a bunch of pumpkins left if you're looking for some carving pumpkins. Um, and we have a bunch of those sugar pumpkins that uh, they are a little smaller. And I know Lisa posted a couple recipes on uh, on creating those little uh, cubes, sugar pumpkin cubes. So I uh, might try that today. I'm gonna I'm gonna try bring out the smoker today. And uh, so I'm not I'm not going to smoke the pumpkin, but I'm going to smoke a brisket. <laughs> but I might do some pumpkin as well. So, anyways, um, and we just got to take a quick break. If you want to join Terry and I after the break, phone lines will be wide open. Four zero three nine seven four eight two five five. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on seven seventy CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening, and Let's Talk Gardening Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Kyrie's year-round full-service garden center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And phone lines are wide open. You can give us a call at 403-974-8255. Just got a 
awesome picture from Wendy who called in um, of a pleated. I don't know if you had to say that, Terry. Um, pileated? <laughs> pileated woodpecker. Yeah. Thing's huge, though. It looks like a it cockatiel. Yeah, Almost looks like a, a parrot. <laughs> yeah, big bright head on it, big red head on it. Yeah, um, beautiful, gorgeous. Beautiful capture yeah. there, for sure. Yeah. Nice shot, Wendy. Um, and then, so heading into, we still have a little bit of time here. If anybody wants to do any planting, um, what other things should people be doing in their gardening right now, Terry? Like, if you're looking at your list, we talked about putting your hoses away. Um, yeah, put hoses, tools, anything like that. Um, I, as you know, I'm a, sort of a big proponent of leaving um, perennials stand in the garden, but there's a few that, um, you know, that are a little ad- advantageous to, to clean up now, like daylily foliage doesn't yeah. contribute a lot to um, to the winter interest. So uh, if you wanted to get out there now, you could uh, clean up a lot of that. Uh, I would leave your grasses, um, any of the perennials that have some structure and some nice seed heads, I would leave those. But um, since we Yeah, a- and, but, but even the daily, like don't take them right down. Like leave, you can take the top 30% or something. Leave a yeah, little bit of foliage just to protect them up. a little bit. I mean, for the most part, there's a few that are still um, have some green. And I'm, like you said, keep that on there, um, getting that download into the crown of the plant, that energy into the crown of the plant. But um, if there's you know stuff hanging over into the um, into the pathways and stuff like that, that's sort of absolutely dead and messy, go around and tidy that up for sure. And I probably yeah. clean them up to without you know um, at least eight inches of, of the crown of the plant. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, leave a little bit though, just to to be able to catch some moisture, catch some snow, hold it in yeah. there, a little bit of protection over the yeah, winter. For sure. Yeah, this time of year I typically get a bunch of texts from friends and uh, and colleagues. What should I do right now with this? I know I had a text from one of my buddies yesterday. He had about ten pictures. What do I do with all these? I said, "Hey, you're lucky. I, yeah. I would just leave most of it. Um, blow your leaves right into the shrub beds. Um, it gives you that little bit of protection. <clears throat> it's a little bit different gardening than in Vancouver or or in Victoria or different places where." They really like to tidy everything up really good for the winter. I like to take all everything off the grass, though. I blow all the leaves off the grass into the shrub beds. Into the lawn, But it yeah. just creates that little bit of protection. Um, you're going to have to clean up leaves in the spring anyway, so there's no doubt about it because you're never going to get them all. And your neighbor who didn't break up will, will end up blowing into your yard anyways. So Great. <laughs> you might as well leave a lot of them till spring. Do your spring cleanup, but you've also created that little habitat for your for your ladybugs and and all the different things over the winter, and uh, and and give your plants a little bit of that winter protection. But then you also talked about winter interest, which is kind of cool, like like your Carl Foresters and a few other ones. Yeah, and I would encourage people to you know if they've never really thought of gardening like that. Um, and they think that gardening ends in October here. Um, just maybe look at their, their garden this winter sort of with, you know, f- sort of fresh eyes and just see the interest that is out there um, with different things, maybe not just in their own yard, but as they're going out for walks and looking at other things uh, in other yards, you know, um, take pictures, 
uh, come into the garden center, talk to us about it. We can probably identify the plant by the seed head. But um, by doing that, I mean, it just expands our, 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 our gardening season to not just a four or five month activity, but, you know, um, we can actually garden and enjoy gardening, you know, eight, nine, 10 months of the year. Yeah, because it is uh, sort of eight months of the year, though we we almost were, we don't have a lot of leaves and, and the plants are kind of dormant. We got uh, sort of May, June, July, August into September, but this year a lot of them have kept their foliage a little bit longer. Yep. So i got a quick question here. Cherry says, hi, Merle. I'm always challenged to know if I should cut down my rose bushes or wait till spring and see what doesn't live. My roses got so tall and stunning. If they really got really long, I would take maybe some of that off so they're not long and wank, lanky on you, so they don't break in the snow. But again, I'm an advocate of leaving a lot of those um, till spring like that in your hydrangeas. Let any of the winter dieback happen on those tips, and then you can shape them up in the springtime. And it just gives you a little bit more opportunity to uh, to to get the winter dieback on your existing um branches instead of the new ones your thoughts yeah. terry on that as well or yeah no i'm the same way like i mean i would you know tidy and clean up now and you could prune a little bit for sure but yeah finds you know it's um my thought is you know we never know what kind of winter we're going to have so um you know spring's an excellent time to sort of evaluate that plant um and go through and if you've had a lot of tip kill uh, on the plant through the winter that's a good time to, to, to prune it out. Um, yeah, absolutely. Just, yeah, just generally don't um, – that, that rejuvenation, you know, uh, prune the, they'll love that. And you'll see that, you know, as soon as you prune them back hard in the spring, uh, they'll bounce back right away. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Getting lots of good pictures. Um, we, got, uh, we got a picture from uh, – um, Strathmore of a little um, sent us a picture of a squirrel, and it looks like he has he's stuck on the looks like he has a little crab apple or something in his mouth. He's uh, it looks like Sputter Man there stuck on the stucco, and that was sent to us from Pamela in Strathmore. And again, thanks for sharing that. That's uh, pretty cool. And and Brad was mentioning too, like his. His flowers, his hangers, and I, I was by the Kildare's Pub the other day, and their flowers still look great. Um, I think they've taken them off now, but they were still looking great up until this couple of weeks ago. And uh, here's here we just got a text. It just says, I just hate to pull these out, even though it's October 30th. And that's from Margaret. Like her petunias, her dracaena in the middle, like still blooming, looks awesome. So yeah, like that's, that those are October. those plants. Yeah, absolutely. Looking at that, like it looks, looks great. So yeah, no, let it go, let it do its thing, um, enjoy it, and when it, uh, it'll freeze soon enough, and then you can, and then we'll have a little bit of warm weather, and then you can uh, always clean out the pots or, or leave them till spring as well. Um, so uh, when it, this time of year, I guess we get into, um, also planning, like sort of what you want to do in your garden. Sort of, and it's good to take some mental notes of, of what you want to do right now because um, put it into your phone or or if you have a garden journal, I know we have some pretty cool garden journals at the store. It's always good just to write down some of the stuff at the end of the season so you kind of know where you're at 
And uh, so you don't forget because sometimes over the winter you get on to other stuff and you're trying to remember what you wanted to do in your garden. So right now it's, it's a good time to reevaluate, do a little summary of your garden and uh, see what worked, what didn't work, and uh, and kind of what you want to do for next year. So And do you have – I know you've been doing a ton of gardening at the store. Um, you've been uh, sprucing up all our shrub beds and flower beds all around the store. So I'm looking forward to seeing that in the spring what about what else do you want to are you thinking what we need or what are you looking to add yeah so i still want to get out there today actually and get uh, a few more bulbs in um out there and um the big thing uh, is uh when you were mentioning um about uh, notebooks and stuff like that i'd encourage people even right now just to go outside and take a few pictures um of their their flower beds before winter so that you know we're in there sort of in those cold days of january february they've got a reference when our minds start turning to gardening again um of changes they might like to make and um one thing i find quite helpful too is just even printing off a, a picture uh of that and then actually sketching on the picture uh and you can actually um have a lot of fun with that just playing around with um even if you're not a a great artist uh you can get a general sense of you know just a rough sketch of you know absolutely uh, what, what would an acre shrub look like over here right um what if we did a an island bed here sort of thing um yeah so yeah just a good get get, get some visuals going and speaking of vis- speaking of visuals, we got to take a break for the news. Um, if you want to join us after that, phone lines will be wide open, 403-974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I have Terry Kemper with me as well. And we do have a full board, um, so we're going to go to the phone lines. And... And uh, we're going to go to Lou. Good morning, Lou. Good morning. Hi there. How can we help you? Well, I just um, actually want to give you some feedback, Merle, on uh, something you suggested this spring with uh, regarding tomatoes. Um, when you said that you can grow them just by putting a slice of tomato, you know, in the ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, oh, my God, it just, I'm not much of a vegetable grower, usually flowers, but um, I thought, well, what have I got to lose? And it worked fabulously. In fact, I brought the pot in just yes, well, last week, I guess. And I probably still have 30 tomatoes on the plant. I'm just ripening up in the house. I pick a tomato daily. It's just so cool. Oh, wow. What, so what type did you grow? Like, were they a bigger one or a smaller? Um, you, or? you know what? It was about a medium-sized one. It wasn't a beef steak. Um, just okay. a regular tomato I had, you know, on the kitchen counter. And I put a slice in the pot. And <laughs> it's just amazing. I didn't pull any of the... Uh, any of them out like I probably had seven or eight uh, yeah probably eight stalks on it you know okay so yeah. next year I'll probably thin it out a little bit to get bigger tomatoes but um, they taste fine you know so it was pretty cool <laughs> nice yeah when I first seen that I seen um, I seen it on on social media somewhere but Stan Carver he calls in once in a while and he has these gorgeous uh, or, um, orchids and some flowering plants in his house and we did a bit of landscaping for him at his house Mm-hmm. But I was I was on his deck and I seen all these. He goes he goes he heard me talking about it, so he tried it, and it was yeah it was awesome. Like he just yeah you just take thin slices, leave the seed and all, just put it in the soil, cover it up, and away you go. Yeah, yeah no one thing I will say, and I don't know why this is just so bizarre because I did um, the same thing in the in my backyard, just in the ground, no pot, 
and mm-hmm. they never grew. They got like the tomatoes got the plants themselves got maybe four inches tall, and that was it. But in the pot, they it you know just was amazing. So, so you didn't transplant them or anything. You just left nope. them in there and the way they went. Did just they get kind of leggy on you, kind of like? Well, no, not really. Like I say, Merle, um, you know, I had probably I've got oh, I'm counting them right here right now. Into yeah, I got eight. I guess. Um, you know, seeds that I would say germ must have germinated and became mm-hmm. big plants, but they're, you know, probably three feet tall. And uh, I never plucked any of them out. I just let them grow okay. to see what they would do. And, so one um, way you could also do it is is maybe start with a, a pot that's only half full of soil and mm-hmm. start it so it's a little bit lower than when it grows to about six or eight inches high, pull the bottom leaves off and then just bury um, the two or three plants that you want to keep in that pot. Yeah, and, and just bury the, uh, the the stock, and then that will help get it nice and thick as well. Yeah, and next year I think I'll do the same thing, but just pull out some of the, the weaker ones, yeah. you know, and just yeah, grow three them out a big bit. ones. Yeah, but nice. it, it's just amazing. I don't think I'll ever have to buy another tomato plant. Sorry, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's no good on me, but that's lots of fun. Good job. Yeah, yeah it was cool. So thanks. Thanks, Lou. Okay. Thanks for sharing. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Yeah. You Bye. too. Bye-bye. Yeah, Terry, see, you can do all, you always see that on social media, like you sort of see pineapples or or people try and regrow the lettuce. And uh, I've seen that a few times. I haven't seen anybody with great success on the lettuce. I find it gets a little bit leggy. Uh, have you tried any of that stuff, Terry? No, I haven't. I'd never even heard about the tomato thing. So um, that's that's kind of intriguing. Yeah. I have seen, yeah. you know, um, some of the other things, like pineapples and, and whatnot, but uh, tomatoes, that's a new one on me. So. Yeah, yeah, no, you just, just, if you have a tomato that's a little mushy on your, and there's even, I've seen them where they've actually grow right in the, people have left a tomato on the counter too long, and the and the seed germinates within itself, really? and just starts growing a plant right out of the tomato. So, but yeah, you, if you leave it a little bit long, you just get, slice it up a couple slices, put it right into the soil, and and away you go. So, but let's go to where are we at for time. We got a bit of time. Let's go to Trevor. Good morning, Trevor. Hi, Mer. How are you? Good, good. How can we help you? Good. Um, so we got an equestrian facility just uh, actually not too far from you guys, um, um, and we built a composter for all the manure that comes out of the barns with uh, the shavings. Yeah. yeah. And um, so it's we broke it down pretty good, but it. Um, you know, we, we've been trying to get rid of it, but the, the farmers really don't want it because it's too high in carbon um, for mm. for them to put it on their fields. But do you do you know um, what what could be we mixed for, like, it? I was yeah, I was working with a gentleman. We were pulling it off the racetrack, mm-hmm. um, just on the north side of Calgary, from the yep. horses, and he it was aged. Though we usually left it just over a year, mm-hmm. but we'd mix it with with loam. And we were selling that as a garden mix. It was phenomenal. We had it tested, and it was actually yeah. really good. Okay, so you mix it with loam. Yeah, that's huh. what we were doing. Then just ran it through the screener. Okay. Um. Okay. Yeah. So if if there's a way, maybe give me a shout at at the store one day, or here if you want to give me a shout, leave your name in that. Yeah. Maybe we can chat and sure. uh, and see if we can work together, get something worked out for you. Okay. Um, and help so get rid I- of it and 
get to uh, some good Another thing use. we're doing, so we built a, um, like the, with the composter, we, we wet it down pretty good, right? Put some yeah. sprinklers, and a byproduct of that is the is basically the, well, I looked it up on the internet, it's called manure tea, and a lot of people yeah. want to come to the horse barns and just get manure and, and make their own. And um, we had that tested, but I'm not sure it's got phosphorus in it and nitrogen and all kinds of stuff, but I know it grows really good when you dump it on the grass, so um makes everything grow good. Um, but it's, it's sort of like super compost in a bottle. Yeah, like yeah, that's basically what that liquid, is. liquid manure. Yeah, it's uh, we got a couple thousand gallons of it in these tanks that we've been collecting. So that's oh, another wow. thing we're, we're tr- um, trying to figure out what to do with to get rid of it. We, you know, yeah, there's the a, probably a couple people I might be able to hook you up with, um, okay. and and see. But I know we had good luck with the horse stuff, and when we had it tested, it had really good. Um, it was good organic matter that we were putting back into the soil. And then yeah. we mixed it up with some loam, and uh, it created a really, really nice soil. So good. So uh, you're usually at, down at the store quite a bit, are you? Yeah, yeah. If you uh, just just if you call the store and leave okay. your name and number, and uh, I'll get in touch with you. And, I certainly uh, do that. Alrighty. Perfect. Yeah, great show. I always learn something every Sunday. So you guys are awesome. Thanks. Thanks, thanks, Trevor. Okay. Take care. Okay. Look forward Take to care. it. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Bye. All right, and where are we at for time? Time for us to take a quick time to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. We'll have time maybe to take one or two more callers, 403-974-8255. Um, Lou just texted in a couple pictures of those tomatoes. Man, they look great. Tons of vine-ripened tomatoes, lots of other ones ready to go, so... Nice work. That's pretty cool. Let's go to Maria. Good morning, Maria. Good morning, Merle. I need Hi there. a miracle. I need a miracle to help. <laughs> okay, let's <laughs> yeah, see what we can do. Yeah, your miracle, Merle, this morning. <laughs> it's uh, Sunday. Um, the green ash tree has still has probably two tons of those seeds that you can't rake up. Yep. And I. I heard you say blow your leaves in on top of your perennials, but I, I don't have a, I don't want to blow those into the bed. So, so I need do a you separator. mow your own grass? I, I get a man to do that for me. Uh, okay, if you can do it one or two more time, like one more time, like if it, if if, if all the snow's gone, and just leave the bag on it and go a little bit lower, it'll suck up most of those, and then just bag it. Oh yeah. Okay. All right. Maybe by tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Today, tomorrow. Yeah. Give it one more mowing, and uh, you should be good to go. But I agree. If you blow those seeds into the soil into your shrub beds, yeah, I'm getting some feedback on your line, so probably gonna have to let you go on this. Okay. okay. Thanks. Thanks, Bye-bye. Maria. Yeah, we didn't know this guy was able to hear myself over and over. So, um, but yeah, and those ones, I, I again, hey Terry, like if you get a whole bunch of those seeds, blowing them into your into your shrub bed, you're just gonna get tons of those uh, popping up all over the place. That Manitoba maple or the green ash. Yeah, um, absolutely, you will. Um, yeah, we'll and tend to uh, do I that. battle with that myself, so I can kind of relate. Um, and sort of my best friend with with those things is. Uh, I'll actually haul my uh, shop back out into my garden and yeah. and just when I see them, almost like you're, you know, vacuuming uh, 
inside of your house, you see those little things, you just suck them up and, uh, yeah, it makes, uh, makes easy work of those. No, it's kind of, it actually kind of makes something interesting for social media. You just get out there and put some kooky hat on and, and maybe have a, <laughs> have your coffee and out there and you're, and you're, you're vacuuming the front lawn, like just to see if someone, <laughs> yeah. someone gets a picture of you. <laughs> Make the front page of the, of the High River Herald. Okay. And then, <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, I mean, but you might as well, your, and I was thinking about that myself yesterday because I was up on the roof. I'm up there in my Crocs, in my shorts, <laughs> with a hose, in the snow. And I just like, I had a couple walk by looking up at me. I could tell they're kind of chuckling. Like, I'm just like, probably What's looking going like, on with who this knows? Guy. Yeah. Yeah, I looked like Chevy Chase up there putting up my Christmas lights. <laughs> so I yeah, don't know. We should have thrown you a string of Christmas lights for your other hand. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. All right, let's go to Nadia. Good morning, Nadia. Good morning, how are you? Good, good. How can we help you? Good. So I'm just wondering if it is too late to plant garlic. Um, absolutely If not. I can still nope. do it today. Absolutely. Um, does it need to be, do the cloaks need to be soaked before they're planted? No, no, absolutely not. Nope. Nice and dry is fine. Totally perfect. And what about, uh, so they need to be watered in? Terry, what do you do when you do yours? Um, when I planted mine this year, yeah, I just divided the cloves. Uh, and the soil was fairly dry when I did it, but that was a number of weeks ago now. Um, like I said, I did plant some bulbs this past uh, week, a few I had left. And um, that snow we had really um, did wonders for the moisture in our soil. So you probably won't have to water it. Uh, I think the moisture that's in there right now will be probably be fine. Um, depends on on your soil, though. Uh, if yeah, you're planting. So, so I'm planting on the south side of my house. I have a a bit of a raised garden, okay. and right now the soil is dry because okay. of then the I would water uh, it. overhang. So I would water it in then. Yeah. So once you've got those planted, then water that area in really well. If it's if you're finding that soil is dry right now. Okay. And do I need to mulch it? Um, if you've got um, some leaves, sure. I would. Uh, I wouldn't hurt to to put a, a layer of uh, mulch over top of that area. Okay. And then, when in the spring would I take the mulch off? Uh, I probably would leave that mulch in place. I would just keep an eye on that garlic coming up, um, and uh, they'll they'll poke through and and work through that mulch. So I probably wouldn't wouldn't end up removing it if anything i might just scatter it push it a little bit out of the way if it's particularly okay. heavy but yeah i think that's all i would do there okay great thank you great show i i learn a lot every week thanks right. Daddy, i appreciate right. thanks for listening thanks, thanks for calling right. we appreciate it thanks all right bye, okay. bye, -bye. take care bye-bye all right all right we're gonna take a quick break uh when we get back we'll hit uh brian and barb up to finish up the show and uh we have a little time. Terry and I will chat on a few last little things. Putting your garden to bed here for winter. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs. I actually got a great text. Um, it says, good morning, Merle. Started from seed, about 150 cabbage flowers. They were beautiful around the yard. Any ideas what you could use these for pests that eat the leaves? didn't want to use powder, some sort of spray. 
Um, they're probably Canada. You could probably use BTK would probably be the best one for that. Um, but flowering cabbage, they're great because they can go right into late fall, like right now. And she's up in Edgemont where they get a little bit cooler. But you can they're just great because they give you that fall color. And when the rest of your garden starts dying back, they just pop up and look gorgeous. So I would uh, just go with that. But let's go to Barb. Good morning, Barb. Good morning, Merle. How are you? We're doing great. How can we help you? Yeah. On a previous program, you had mentioned that there was something that you could do to deter mice from taking up residence underneath your snow in the wintertime. And I forgot to write it down, and I was just wondering what that was. Yeah, there's a couple of things that you can do to help prevent it. it. It's hard to, if we get a heavy snow cover, they they love it because that gives them this sort of like a natural hideaway for them. Mm-hmm. So they can burrow in sort of like an underground parkade so the predator mm-hmm. birds can't see them underneath there, right? They're just, they're doing all their thing underground. No one sees them. They can just be wide out in the open and not worry about it. But if you just keep your grass a little bit shorter in the winter, like give it one more mow, like go down to about that two inches, inch and a half to two inches. If you leave it longer than that, it really invites them in. They prefer that. So Yeah. Well, this um, is actually in my flower bed in the backyard, not on my lawn, because I mm-hmm. tend, it's a small backyard, so I tend to pile the snow on top of the plants that are there. Yeah, and which last is great. Year was the first year that I noticed that they had come and taken up residence in there. Yeah, we had tons. Um, what I like to use, and it, you can get those bait traps. They have the little green block inside them, mm-hmm. and they're already pre-baited. I just put those around the perimeter, and okay. and they were great. And they're single kill, and you don't like always talking about this, but it it just kills the mice. So a, if a bird eats the mouse, it won't die because okay. what it does is just shrivels up the the body of the mouse, and then mm-hmm. when it just goes off and dies, so it doesn't rot. Okay. Um, and and I just put those around the perimeter, and that typically works awesome. Like, oh, okay. And I, and how I use far them in our apart would you put stuff. something like that? It's sort of every six or eight feet, depending. Okay. Like you get a pack of, they come in usually packs of four or six. Okay. So I just spread them around more of the perimeter, mm-hmm. and and that usually helps out a lot, and uh, and that should really help you out. Okay, great. Thank you so very All much. All right. You're welcome. Yeah. Thanks Bye-bye. for calling. Thanks, Barb. Bye-bye. Yeah, that's um, sometimes part of the problem, Terry, eh? when we get going and uh, and you, you get the all these critters, which you want some of them in your garden, um, but you don't want them too much, right? Like, it's, yeah, you, it's awesome. You around I, like, bad, but, yeah, you don't want to get overrun with them for sure. So, <laughs> Like, right now, I'm having a hoot watching the – um, with the big spruce trees and all the all the cones in the spruce, the little squirrels and the ch- chipmunks are just having a heyday up there. Like, and they chuck that. them down. It's sort of like when you used to watch that cartoon when they throw the. They do. Yeah. Like they're up there. Yeah. And they throw them down. Like they throw them <laughs> down onto the ground. I think then they come down and pick them up and do their thing. But it's kind of hilarious. Like they're up there and I'm walking around down below and it's like it's throwing these pine cones at me. So it's kind of fun. But. <laughs> But I understand they can cause a lot of grief when you go to plant bulbs and all this other stuff. So it's it's sort of a, a love hate relationship with gardeners when we have all these uh, critters in our in our yards. 
Yeah, you, so get, would, you get a few of them, uh, more than a few, and, and then, yeah, they become a nuisance for sure. Yeah. Do you, is there much of that in, in High River? Oh, squirrels. Like crazy, squirrels. yeah. Squirrels like crazy, yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, so that's, I guess, my biggest nemesis out there. But I just learned to garden around them. Um, so, I mean, I, I don't do, uh, I, I, I guess I, I, I watch what I'm planting. Um, and, uh, I guess maybe the things that I plant in my yard too, I tend not to, they're around my place, but I don't find too much damage. They like to go after newly planted bulbs. So usually if I planted some bulbs, I'll lay some chicken wire on top of the soil. Mm -hmm. And that seems to help deter them as well. Um, maybe some blood meal, that kind of thing. Um, yeah, and the Bob X works really good. Bob like, X, is it yeah. taste, taste, um, I haven't tried it, but just from the smell and from what I hear, it uh, it works really good. And, we're, and this is where our, our government regulations actually work in our advantage um, because it is made in the States. And in the States, they have four or five different strength um, of Bob X. But with Canada being very strict, um, we just get this, we get the super strength right off the bat so <clears throat> sort for a multi-purpose um cover all all of them so um which i agree with like so that way you're not you don't need one for for squirrels one for deer one, one for, for rabbits else, yeah. one for so anyway so that uh the bob x is a and it's a herb based product and you can actually use it on your flowers as well like you can spray it right on them which is yep. kind of cool like it's sort of if they start eating on those it, it'll help so anyways um at the end of the show here um end of october so next uh next week we'll be in probably a little bit more of a deep freeze and uh we'll start talking about i know all the garden centers are starting to set up all the christmas displays we're looking forward to get all our all our decorations in stock it'll be all be fully fully christmasized in the in the next couple of weeks as they as the ladies and guys get everything put together and uh, we'll go from there. Um, until next week, we'll get our garden on right here on 770 CHQR.